This is the Scripture Union Northern Ireland podcast, where we're seeking to equip and resource the local church in our joint mission of making God's good news known to children, young people and families. I'm your host, Phil Howe. In this month's episode, we want to share about effective schools ministry and how we have seen that grow over the years. Rachel Tweedy, our E3 worker for North Down and Newton Arts, will be sharing her Bible reflection and will be seeing one of the innovative ways we've seen people interacting with the Bible text as we hear from Ashley Beatty on Illustrated Faith. So first, let's think about effective schools ministry with Leanne Dunlop. So Leanne, thanks for joining us again on the podcast. You're welcome. We're thinking about E3 and wanting to see it grow. You've obviously had a, a big part to play and you've been part you of the You always think out I'm old <laughs> on these podcasts. <laughs> I realised that as I started that. Cecilia, we're into it now. Um, well, do you want to tell people your journey? Uh, and you can put it in the years, maybe that'll make you seem younger Thanks. or older to some people. Um, but your journey in E3 and how you've seen it work. Okay, well, I came to Scripture Union in 2005, and at that point I was the local schools worker here in this area that we're our offices in, in East Belfast. And at that time the project was in relatively early stages. We had workers in the North Coast in East Belfast, as well as part-time worker in, in Lisbon for a little while as well. But th- there had been one worker before me in East Belfast, and a local committee had been set up, as it was called then. And so they'd already been grappling for a while with the three strands of what we felt the project should be about and and how we should how to raise support for it uh, and preferably practically financially so in time really that's what became what is now known as the e3 schools project so the engaging part of e3 is, is us being another christian voice in schools our workers taking assemblies and re lessons bible-based stuff in schools the equipping part is is getting alongside teachers and pupils through su groups majorly but in other ways as well just helping them to be salt and light in schools and then the empowering part giving local churches just the confidence and the and the opportunity opportunities to be able to pray for and to get involved in schools ministry. So that makes sense why it's called E3, doesn't it? That's three why. E's. Yes, well done, Phil. Thanks. Well done. But as those, um, the foundations, I guess, of that became stronger and we worked out what all that meant and what it was about and the work began to develop. Several years later, I moved on from East Belfast to be the first E3 worker in Bangor, which has now become our E3 North Down and Newton Arts area. And the project also developed into Ballymena and Fermanagh and Antrim, which is now Antrim and Lisburn. East Antrim, which is Carrickler and Ballyclare. And then most recently, very most excitingly, as you heard in the last podcast, to Oma and Castledurg with the appointment of Sarah Stockdale in January. So E3 is now in eight areas across Northern Ireland, each with their own full-time schools worker working in primary, post-primary and special schools, backed up by their own local DST, district support team, who play a hugely important role actually in helping to raise support for the work and the worker and just give the project its local flavour. So that's your journey, but how have you seen it work? I think there's so many stories that we could tell for how we've seen this work. Um, we could be here all day with a whole other podcast for that, but <laughs> the key thing I think is that it's just hugely relational. And that's what we've learned over the years in terms of the engaging side of things. We, we we just have brilliant E3 workers across the country. I know I might be biased, but it's true. Here, here. Uh, they are wonderfully creative people, just with a real heart for God, a real heart for God's word, a heart for building relationships with schools and just being given opportunities to open the Bible with many unchurched children and young people. He just we're increasingly finding haven't heard the, the basic Bible stories that some of us may have grown up with before, as well as just having the opportunity to model good practice and passing on our learning and, and our understanding of the context of schools and how what schools ministry can look like. In terms of the equipping side of things, I guess I've seen the SU group support just really deepen through those personal relationships that are built up with the worker and, and support from that worker, both for pupils and for teachers through things like making your mark or cluster groups and, and just lots of informal ways as well. And we've seen children and young people come to face or just have 
have a more positive view of Christianity by meeting workers and meeting people from local churches who come with them into schools. And then most recently we've been really trying to dig more into the empowering part of E3 and there are just so many great stories of churches who are realising the importance of the role that they can have in their schools and are just feeling more equipped and and resourced to be able to serve and support and speak into that context. So whether that's teaching RE lessons, running a prayer space, being involved in the SU group or assemblies, encouraging congregations to use their skills. We've been doing that to serve the needs of the local school communities and whether it be music skills, sports skills, whatever it is. And then at even a higher level... Gardening skills. Gardening skills, yeah, that's a key one as well. There's so many ways that the ordinary person in the pew, if you like, can get involved. But then even at a higher level, representing the church, maybe on the PTA or the Board of Governors, really speaking into the ethos and the heart of school life. And most of all, just by being more informed. We want churches to be more informed about our local schools and to be praying for them more effectively through that information. So there's so many ways in the empowering part of E3 that churches can more meaningfully connect with their local schools. We want to continue to advocate for that. And so part of your new role as the... Field Ministries Director. ...is to pioneer more of this work and to yeah. give you space and capacity to do that. It is a pioneer project. What's been the most encouraging thing in trying to start up something in a new area? Yeah. Well, like I said, in terms of E3, there there are loads of stories to share now. Because the project's been around for nearly 20 years in East Belfast and nearly as many in the North Coast and several years in those newer areas as well, when, when people hear about how God has used this in other areas, they often can't help but just want to be part of it. Yeah. Church leaders I've found who move from an area where they had an E3 worker into one where there isn't one really notice that difference, actually, and they're always the first to put their hands up and show their support and advocate for E3 as they see this as a, as a no-brainer, if you like, in terms of being something that local churches and individuals should be getting behind. So that's really encouraging. I think also I just I just find it really encouraging sitting down and meeting people and hearing their heart for their area. Just just learning from them about areas of Northern Ireland that probably previously I thought I knew but actually realised I know very little about and how God is at work within their areas and their locality and their schools. I just find that a huge privilege. So that's always really encouraging. But then when you actually see people making things like E3 in this project a priority in terms of financial and prayerful support to help make it happen, it's just so encouraging to see God's missional heart at work through local church and through the local local individuals. You have people catch it and you just see the passion come out in them, don't you? It gets infectious and that's huge and encouraging for us that people get what our heart behind this is. So in Oman Castle Derg, where we've just set up the project and employed Sarah for the first time as our first worker there, so many churches and individuals there just, just saw the need for this and they just got behind mm. it straight away, yeah. both prayerfully and financially. And I know if Sarah beds in there, they'll have the opportunity more now to get involved in practical ways now too. So all of that has just been hugely encouraging. And I guess even for those new areas, it gets more people on board because once they see someone like Sarah come in, the people who maybe didn't get it go, ah, I see it now. Yeah, and exactly. There's always more growth once you get a worker in, in place. So we're talking about the encouraging side, which is always positive and lovely. Mm-hmm. What about just the reality that sometimes it pioneering stuff can be difficult can you share with us what's been most difficult yeah yeah i mean raising financial support is is always it's always more difficult to talk about money from a in a faith-based charity 
perspective and there's so many good things on a church's agenda that need financial investment so many priorities that individuals tend to have themselves even in terms of good causes that they want to support and I guess I could be or we could be accused of being biased but I see 83 as something that should be a priority for local churches why because it's about local mission it's about serving and supporting a central part of their local community reaching children young people where they are every day and at a stage of life which is at their most forming and informing their faith perspectives and understanding of God and just their response to that in a way that could impact the rest of their lives really so I guess I do get frustrated if I'm honest when it appears that people don't get that or see the need to support it prayerfully practically and financially because it, it just seems too important not to the other thing that's difficult i guess is timing we we all know as christians we have to trust god's timing and often i'm far too impatient because i can <laughs> see how god has used the project uh, yeah. and we hear all these stories in the other areas and we, so we want it to happen tomorrow in the new areas that we're working on at the moment but at the same time we want to make sure we're in it for the long haul as i said before one of the key things about e3 is about relationships so we do need to take time to listen and learn about an area and build those relationships and share the vision in order to be able to ensure and ensure that the longevity of the project like we've seen in the likes of East Belfast or the North Coast. And that can be really hard, can't it? Because there's people who get it early on and they yeah. have a passion and they're really excited and actually yeah. they can be discouraged with that as well because they're like, how come no one else in my area sees this? Yeah, and you need to bring with people with you on that journey. There's always early adopters who will buy in straight away mm. and often they become the advocates for you yeah. and they will be the ones who are speaking locally and saying we need this. Uh, and so we really rely on that kind of uh, support as well. I think the, the, the last thing that the final difficulties around it, maybe sometimes a misunderstanding of what the E3 project is trying to do. So one thing that we've come up against a little bit is an E3 worker is not intended to replace what a church youth worker might be doing for example in in terms of schools ministry far from it but actually what we've seen is that in areas where there's lots of people involved in schools ministry it it helps to bring a more joined up thinking in terms of schools ministry and more background support for schools that we can offer more training and support and just just a wider kingdom mindset within an area so what e3 offers is actually really unique and so personally i think that should be a huge selling point if you like for churches in terms of a reason to get get behind it but sometimes I think maybe they mis- they misunderstand that okay thank you for your honesty people are always asking so in my role in traveling around at different schools and even at different events people are like oh like you say they see it working and they say can we have an e3 worker which is a great <laughs> question to ask yeah, yeah but obviously what how would you respond to that mm-hmm. you know maybe there's people listening to this and they're in a the church that in an area that doesn't have an e3 worker what do you what do you say to them what's yeah. what's needed uh, what's needed to make to an make area work. work? Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose the main thing I would say to you, the first thing I would say to you is, is to talk to other local people to see if they feel the same. Local teachers, church leaders, particularly youth workers, others who maybe here involved, um, maybe other organisations in the area that might be involved in schools ministry or working in schools and, and ask them, and you yourself come and chat to me, chat to us about what that could look like. As she said, part of my role alongside Mark, who's our schools ministry manager and manages all the, the current areas where E3 is to develop E3 in new areas of Northern Ireland. So we're currently exploring possibilities and have been for a wee while now in, in North Belfast and Newton Abbey as one area and in the northwest, that kind of Derry, Limavady, Straban area. So if you're in any of those areas in particular and want to get behind this, please do get in touch. But we're always thinking and praying through where, where the need is next, if you like. And I say that realising that there's a need everywhere, actually, and because, as you say, when you're out and about as well, schools are always looking for more help. We're always looking for more support. It's not the schools that we need to 
convinced of this, but we're always considering where God might want us to explore next. And we need to feel his leading in that in terms of E3. Uh, and we're keen to come to areas that feel they're ripe for this and that have the ability to be able to support it from church church leaders, churches, individuals' perspective. And, and there is the ability there to be able to make it happen. And that we need a local area to be willing to commit to it for the long term. And part of that's ownership, well. isn't it? You know, part yeah. of that's them getting behind it for themselves. Exactly. As I said earlier, each area has its own district support team who helps to raise support for the worker and the worker. And they, and they give it that local flavour. We want people to feel that local ownership of this. Yeah, so if, if, if that's your area and if you're right for this, then do come and chat to other people within your area. Come and chat to us and get in touch and, and we can go from there and see where God leads us. Thank you, Leanne. And do pray for Leanne as she does travel around and has those conversations, sometimes difficult conversations about finance that can sometimes be a bit awkward. But yeah, thank you for sharing with us. Let's engage with the Bible now as we hear from our North Down and Newton Arch E3 worker, Rachel Tweedy. May the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Romans fifteen thirteen. What are the things you are hoping for? A better job? Your next holiday? For your team to win the league? Perfect children? A good outcome of Brexit? Warmer weather? We all hope for something. Hope is commonly used to mean a strong wish or desire. Something that we really, really want. Most people, when they say the word hope, show a real lack of certainty. In the Bible, the word hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. Paul shows in the verses that precede verse 13 that God is faithful and that we can be confident and have a sure and certain hope because God is faithful. Our hope starts with God, with who he is and the promises he has made. And so hope overflows in our lives through joy and peace. As we go about our day, as we connect with people and spend time with our friends and family, we are carriers of this sure and certain hope. Do people see it? Are they seeing this joy and peace in our lives that can only come from a relationship with God? The challenge for us is to share our lives with people so that they can see this joy and hope in us as we trust in God, because he who promised is faithful. What an impact certain hope makes in a broken and uncertain world. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Ashley Beatty, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Phil. One of the things SU's always sought to do, and we heard a, a bit of this from Ben Engineering from Council in our last episode, is how to keep being innovative. Uh, not that we change the message, the message is central, it's core, but how we seek to get people to engage for themselves is really key. And one way that that's worked out for you personally is through what is becoming more commonly known as illustrated faith. Yeah. People might have heard that at, uh, as I introduced the podcast and thought, what on earth is that? Can you <laughs> tell people what is illustrated faith? Yeah, sure. I had the same reaction when I first heard of it in 2015. So it's basically a creative way to engage with the Bible and that's that can be from like painting, taking notes during a sermon, writing in pencil, drawing different things and basically journaling what God has been saying to you. It was started by a lady called Shannon Noel from America 
and this was around probably 2014 and about a year later I picked it up in the shop here but yeah so you can use like a journal and bible that has space down the side um, which we sell in the resource centre which no we less. do sell in the resource centre <laughs> Phil nice plug there <laughs> yeah so you can use a journal and bible a notebook whatever really you have to hand more recently I've been doing a lot on my iPad with the uh, Apple Pencil and stuff like that but it's basically wherever you are comfortable writing or journaling or being creative that's a, a good place to start. Okay and how did you get into it? Yeah so as you rightly pointed out the resource centre is here so I uh, part of my job is to work in the resource centre and around 2015 we got a stock update with latest releases and things like that and journaling bibles were listed on it I hadn't seen those before so did a wee check out online and it seemed like everybody in America was doing this so went on Pinterest watched some YouTube videos and it seemed to be a really effective way of engaging with the bible so I ordered one in because historically I have not been the best at being a regular bible reader so I was looking for a way to change that and be more excited about engaging with the word. So I love that you say that in kind of a, a guilty tone, yes. whereas everyone listening is probably going, "Oh, someone else." Okay, yes. So yeah. So, uh, yeah. But this I helped think, you engage. Yes, I think admitting that in Christian circles, especially working for Scripture Union, <laughs> was quite funny. So yeah, I'd always uh, seen it more of a tick list as opposed to an exercise that I was excited about. So yeah, there was a lot of trial and error starting off, and many's a an hour watching YouTube videos and tutorials of what pens to use and you know what's a good way to do this and things so yeah that's how it all kind of started what one are you most proud of that you've done so far oh because you've done quite a lot of drawings and you share them on your instagram and stuff i do yeah there's so there's a a solid amount i've put on my instagram um, but there's loads that i haven't and i think those probably that i haven't shared are the most personal ones and Mm. probably they have probably impacted me the most so it's yeah it's the really personal ones that just have been clear sort of okay this is what god is saying to me rather than just uh, something pretty on a page that kind of thing so yeah there's a there's a lot uh, there but yeah if you want to check out my instagram what's your handle my well it's ash underscore bd but if you search hashtag bd's bible i'll come up with all my, my stuff on it very good why do you continue to do it so obviously you said you started in 2015 yeah uh, and there's trial and error obviously it would have been very easy at that point to be frustrated or to think well actually this isn't for me but Mm -hmm. you have kept going why i think probably early on because it was so transformational to my walk with god and actually i wanted to set aside time to spend with him and in his word i think that has what has encouraged me the most certainly from actually looking back on journaling bibles that i've done and presently on number three probably because oh, <laughs> ran, <out of, laughs> ran out of space but yeah like it's all almost become like we many milestones in my faith mm. and like I can see like a timeline of you know maybe things that I've been through or things that I've learned about the bible and like even just remembering scripture it's been like incredible for that like as I say I used to think it was more of a tick list of oh good I've done my bible reading for today but now I'm actually like oh yes in such and such a book it says this about how you know God is faithful or in this book about how you know God moves in this situation things like that so I think actually it has become more of a how I have remembered scripture as well as actually engaged with it in that moment in time. Very good. What's the latest thing God's been teaching you? That's a a very loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, yeah, recently probably my health hasn't been great. I've had uh, rheumatoid arthritis since I was about 12 and I think a lot of the passages that I've been reading recently have really been around the faithfulness of God and I've been journaling a lot about that and probably just to know that even when like life is rough and you know you can't see like an end in sight and things like that, God is faithful and he's in it, he's in it with you as opposed to you know, watching from a distance, it's that real nearness and presence of God that has been a theme recently. Brilliant. For those wanting to start out, or maybe there's people who are youth workers or uh, children's workers listen to this, how do you encourage them? They probably have people who they work with or people that they know who are a bit more creative or think creatively. Yeah. What advice would you give? Just give it a go. <laughs> so okay, simple. Yeah, simple. It's as easy as that. When I have been looking online, especially in the early days, there was such a variety of the way people were doing it. Some people were using their their Bible as more of a journal as opposed to like uh, actually it being the one that they read from on a daily basis. So they were covering most of the page, and because my Bible was going to be one that I was going to bring with me, I, I didn't cover the whole page. And I am not a great painter. If you give me like a pencil and pen and some sharpies, I'm great. But as soon as I tra- transfer to paint, it's a disaster. So it doesn't have to look like what everybody else is doing. Yeah. And I think early on, probably that was the biggest lesson that I learned. I was journaling something, so it was some lyrics that my friend had written from a song and it was about the Battle of Jericho and you know God being faithful and things like that and I tried to draw some walls I silly mistake was doing it in pen first of all so <laughs> always use pencil if it's going straight <laughs> into the bible and after I'd finished I looked at it and thought oh no I have ruined my bible <laughs> am I gonna have to buy a new one this looks awful I can't believe this and actually, but that is a thing for people, isn't it? They don't like, oh, yeah. like drawing in their Bible yeah. or touching their Bible, so you've done this in pen and so on. Yeah, so like I went straight in and pen. I learned very quickly that pencil is the way to go first and then pen on top of it once you're happy. But yeah, straight in and pen, realised that I'd made a mess and actually just really felt like it doesn't really matter what it looks like on a page, so it's not necessarily about the art that is being created but actually what God is teaching you and what's going on in your heart and things like that. So the other hashtag, <laughs> just a wee a wee plug there that I came up with was hashtag heart not art so it's not necessarily about what it looks like on a page but what God is doing in your heart and the journey that you're on with him I think that's really helpful as well because when people start they might think well I'm not as good a drawer as this person or they might look like you did look up YouTube videos Uh or whatever it might be and you look at these things or even check out your hashtags and check out your page (laughs) and go oh I couldn't I couldn't do that but I think what I've appreciated most in seeing how the illustrative faith stuff has worked for you is you've obviously then met and you've you've empowered other people to uh-huh. do this and kind of engage with the Bible creatively for themselves and yeah. that's what we want to do it actually isn't it we want to get uh-huh. people into in the scripture and I really appreciated that you're confident in in sharing how God's been been speaking to you yeah and I think sometimes as Christians we shy away from that or we don't like asking those questions uh-huh. but I've loved how whenever you're really happy with something that you've done you're yeah. willing to share that so yeah. just want to say thanks for that oh, and thanks. also thanks for being willing to share in the podcast yeah no bother but yeah like i, I think the, the biggest takeaway would be is yes look for look to others for inspiration but not necessarily having to be like them like uh, when you look at everybody's stuff on like social media or wherever um like there's a journey probably that they've been on to get to that stage like my 2015 ones are far removed from (laughs) my 2019 ones but yeah if it's helping you in your journey with god then 100% pursue it whatever that looks like thank you you're welcome thanks for having me
So hopefully people listening will know of someone who this could really benefit or maybe you yourself listening can try this out and would love to hear feedback. Just email phil at suni.co.uk and please share your stories. So thank you for listening and we really do hope that this resources the local church as we think about ministry amongst children, young people and families. Please help us pass on the podcast uh, to people who may appreciate it, even maybe it is a particular episode. For example, you really think that a a children or youth worker uh, could do with hearing this piece about illustrated faith. Or of course, if there's anything you want us to talk on or share that you feel would benefit the purpose of the pod, then just email phil at suni.co.uk. And thanks to those who are subscribing. And if you haven't, why not subscribe today or leave us a wee cheeky review. It helps people find us easier when searching. And I mentioned last podcast that one way that we're seeking to raise some money, some financial support for SU is through a team of us running a course called Rampage. And if you'd like to see what that course is or you'd like to see some of the team doing it, or maybe you've just been encouraged to give to SU through this podcast, then why not head to suni.co.uk forward slash Rampage. Until next time, God bless.